0: Welcome to Podme if you can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film up for discussion is The Hangover 3, which concludes the trilogy by Todd Phillips. Um, as always on this podcast, we discuss films with the spoilers in mind. So if you haven't seen The Hangover 3, we will be discussing it at some length. And I uh, would vi- advise you to uh, check it out before listening any further. Lloyd, if you would indulge me for a second, I'd like to bring forward a regular segment and have it right at the beginning of this podcast.
1: What should I watch, Dave and Lloyd?
0: So, regular listeners of the podcast would know that we do a recommendation segment, and uh, I'd like to just bring it forward. So, this week I would like to recommend that you watch The Hangover 1 and pretend that no 2 or 3 were ever made. <laughs> <laughs> lloyd what did, what did you think of the film
1: um i thought it was pretty bad um, i I'll just say this it's better than the second one <laughs> that's all i'd say <laughs> do you think do you think it's better than the second one I, I think so like the second one was in the same vein as the first one like the same structure but in Bangkok so it was re- it, you know it was it was just pretty much spawning off the success of the first one and i, I to me it didn't feel like it introduced anything new it was just there for the jokes and and stuff like that I don't know I just don't get it <laughs> and then at least the third one they tried to get away from that that's all I'll
0: say but it was a terrible film <laughs> for me the the framing of them getting wasted at a bachelor party and um, not remembering events was what made it interesting mm-hmm. the first time it was something fresh it was something new and then I guess they must have just caught a lot of flack after the second one for repeating the process yes it was very very rinse and repeat But then, I think the third one, they could have escalated everything further and still had that frame. Like, for me, obviously we know the whole plot and spoilers for those who didn't hear me before, but Zach Galifianakis' character gets married at the end. Yep. I think it would be more interesting if he was always getting married the whole film. (laughs) For me, all the stuff leading up to him meeting the girl and getting married and stuff, if they started the film at the end and had the lead up to his wedding and then they don't remember and stuff there was more hangover in the last in the scene after the credits did you see that scene? that's so
1: true that that and a lot of people walked out um by the time the credits started rolling and then when they saw that scene yeah so a lot of people missed it and it was probably Mm. the best part of the movie
0: got a lot of laughs from the cinema i was in that would have been a much better movie you're absolutely right but I like, I think the idea then would have been what kind of woman would possibly marry him, <laughs> you know? And then this whole film, you're like, you don't get to meet her right away and they're going on their bachelor party and and like, you know, he's hiding her as a bit of a mysterious woman or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe he's faking that he's getting married at all so that he can have one last wolfpack adventure, right? Yeah. And then what happens is he really does fall in love on the trip. And they wind up in Vegas, and he gets married in Vegas to the girl from Mike and Molly, Melissa McCarthy. You know, like, they could have had a better version of what we saw. Did Did anyone die in 1 and 2? They really did stress that they'd never seen someone die before. And I think that I don't recall anybody dying in Me the first either. two. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was a different tone, wasn't it? It wasn't funny.
1: It was very dark. Um, I thought... So a lot of the animal cruelty was really confronting, like how a giraffe yes. just gets decapitated. The dogs get their um, necks broken. the the um, The chickens get suffocated yep. and and yep. shot at. And uh, I don't know, like uh, I'm against animal cruelty and everything, you know, and all the rest of it. But if if it's for the sake of humor, like I, like uh, maybe in the same vein as South Park, I can put up with it. But this wasn't a good film. So it came across as bad taste for me, like just really desperate humor. Yeah. And um I have to was admit a was it I laughed when um uh what's his name? Uh Mr. Chow was suffocating the chicken for some reason I just couldn't stop laughing at that scene.
0: <laughs> what what got the biggest laughs for your screening just while That's we're a on that?
1: really good question. I had a really smart audience that was picking up some of the subtle humor. Um I know that sounds strange, but there was a scene um, when when Galifianakis has his confrontation with everyone sitting around him, and he shakes hands with the wolf pack, you know uh, Cooper and and the other guys, and wh- he just keeps looking at the dentist like really awkwardly, and people just mm. couldn't stop laughing at that. I thought, oh, that's great, you know. But um, that was about it. it, w- it w- like the the, I think the audience was a Hangover audience. They love one and two, but um, yeah, it didn't get a bigger reaction like it
0: should have. Justin Bartha was barely in this movie. The guy who gets, um, kidnapped. I, don't, I really
1: hate putting actors down, but he's the worst actor of the three of the
0: four of the four.
1: Yeah. So it's, a, it's like in American pie. What we talked about in reunion, <laughs> how they just <laughs> get rid of the worst two. Like they give him the crap, uh, the, the, the least
0: guess, lines and the least small lines story. and
1: the least su- um, pl- subplot.
0: <laughs> yeah. The audience, um, I was in, um, There were not many laughs, but the ones that came were for Zach Galifianakis, and I presume that he was improvising. I presume that some of the stuff he was doing with the, hey, did you get that shirt from Diesel and stuff? (laughs) I I assume some of it wasn't scripted, and he was just being funny. And they (laughs) laughed at that. But the biggest laugh, and you'll be surprised, Lloyd, the biggest laugh, and there was maybe 40, 50 people there, so it was a big laugh, came when he ate the dog food
1: oh yes no um the, uh, people laughed at that and when um uh, chow says oh disgusting right <laughs> and then he then he goes back for more yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah like and and also they like the slapstick they pretty big laugh for when zach galifianakis runs into all the musical instruments oh and yeah. just very kind of slapsticky humor i don't know <laughs> i i just felt like there weren't really any slash many laughs um, which was uh, a real
1: the other big laugh for me was the breast um, the uh, breast implants that um, the mm. dentist guy had I, I, sorry to keep calling Justin Barth no it isn't Justin Bartha. no that's it's Ed Helms character Ed Helms okay sure Stu yeah when he had the breast implants
0: I got a massive laugh for the audience that did stay yeah <laughs> for me and I'm you know me from this podcast you know me in real life I'm very logical and stuff yeah. and I think about lines and I think about what doesn't make sense and he Walks into the room, saying, "Oh my God, I'm wearing women's underwear." Now he would have had to look down to see he was in women's underwear. He would have seen the breasts. Yeah. Second thing, if you have a breast operation, presumably your chest's going to be sore and recently operated on yeah. and not look normal. I guess yes. you know there'd be, be some scarring. Or- yeah. yeah. So he just came out being like, "Hey, what's going on?" And I was just like, though I can see the humor. <laughs> I just was like, well, that's that's not realist. That's you know, that annoys me. That he's like, hey guys, look what I'm wearing, but he was, didn't see it himself. I was expecting if Mike come out, Tyson
1: to pop out of that
0: scene. <laughs> oh, I was expecting Mike Tyson anywhere in the film when they said um, when they said somebody owns this house, you won't guess who it is and then it was john goodman i was like no i was hoping for mike tyson
1: i um i actually met mike tyson when he was in sydney and i listened to his talk he does this like uh talk about his life and stuff like that and hangover came up yeah and his pigeons (laughs) and he goes oh yeah these three hippie guys they asked me to be in this movie i was like oh whatever you know these whiteys you know that was his impression of the whole thing
0: (laughs) that's funny yeah um, I like the Shawshank nod at the beginning with the prison escape. How oh, he pulls yeah. the, you know, I'm a big fan of Shawshank, and so
1: oh, it's a fantastic movie. You and many others, yeah. my
0: friend. <laughs> um, yeah, Zach Galifianakis, look, he stole the show. It's, it's interesting because Zach Galifianakis and Mr. Chow Ken Jeong, yep, uh, got the most laughs in the first two. You know, it's a, it in a way, it was them rewarding them for helping make, I don't think it was like, you know, the first R-rated comedy to make $100 million mm. or something. Yeah, and That's the most critically the
1: acclaimed one. as well. I think it won uh, festivals or something. Yeah, yeah i, I got to get this out of the way. I'm, I didn't think much of the first one, and I'm not a big fan of this franchise.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I think the first one had such a curiosity factor. It was like all these crazy things happened and you got to watch the film to find out what they were. Mm. And I think everybody went, okay, I'll go watch the film, you know. And that's why everybody, obviously, just the curiosity. The fact yeah. that there's so many pieces missing and they wake up with a tiger and Mike it's Tyson's It's such a in cool
1: it. technique. Like, it's like a detective story and they're trying to uh, uh, figure, it out, figure it out. And it's really funny, but I, I, I don't know. A lot of the humour for me was just like, oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, one of the big things that I don't like about this movie is Heather Graham. I don't think she's a very good actress. No. And <laughs> she's a very I beautiful understand. girl, but she's just not a... Yeah. She always has the same wide-eyed, crazy-eyed expression, but I understand that it could have been Lindsay Lohan and she turned it down, so I think Heather Graham's probably the lesser of the two evils. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, look, the giraffe decapitation at the beginning to open the film, you know, I mean, it's it's like, here's what kind of movie you're watching straight away. Yeah. But... Um, I didn't find it particularly funny. I did think about the whole, like, the animal cruelty thing did keep coming up. hmm And I had to sort of watch in the credits to see the no animals were harmed. Obviously, it was a CGI giraffe. Yes. But, I mean, the, the, those chickens were real. And yeah. And I, I assume the dogs weren't killed on camera. You know, it was sort of <laughs> All like, you know, screen. an off screen. Yeah. 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 But it just felt like I'm glad that they had somebody watching over that
1: what parts did you find funny in this film because I found a lot of parts really really funny like I like it when Galifianakis is singing um, yeah the like, oh my the gosh she was a, a funny f- gag yeah I like it he goes oh my gosh he's got the voice of an angel
0: <laughs> yeah I um I think mostly it was stuff with Zach Galifianakis but mm. I like I don't that know scene if- where he's, um, he's got the sledgehammer and he's hitting the wall
1: and Galifianakis yeah. goes, maybe you should take off your shirt, it'll help you this swing." And uh, Bradley Cooper just looks at him, what? And then uh, I think um, uh, Mr. Chow chimes, he goes, yeah, yeah, I heard that too.
0: <laughs> I heard that helps, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, there were little punchy lines like that where I thought that's this isn't bad, but I didn't have any moments where I really laughed in the cinema. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean... Maybe I just, as it went on, I was just thinking, wow, what is this? Kind of, you know, (laughs) disappointed (laughs) with it. Yeah, well, I kept hoping more things would happen. I mean, I like the Dan band, right? And they're the ones who sing in old school. They're the band that perform in old school and throw in the swearing into... um, Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah, yeah. And And um, I need you more than ever. Yep. Yeah. And they also appear at the end of um, The Hangover. Oh, okay. Um, Definitely The Hangover 2. I think they're in The Hangover 1. They're in um, lots of films. I think they're in Starsky and Hutch. Lots of Todd Phillips films. And I, I kept waiting for them to appear. And when, at the end, when Alan was getting married, I was like, okay, great. And it shows them walking. I assumed we would get something from The Wedding. you know like we would get a little bit more from the wedding and maybe see the dan band for a minute and they'd do a little bit of a song and um i also thought like the first film had that photo montage of all the stuff that happened yeah yeah you know like a lost footage kind of thing and there wasn't really anything like that um there were so many elements that were good about the first film that didn't translate at all I i think i said to you earlier that it was um off mic i said uh It was as if they chewed up the first Hangover film and then kind of spat it out into people's mouths like a bird. (laughs) Just not good at all. It's just like a mess of what the other films were. And just, I guess, not great as a trilogy, really. Yeah.
1: Very uneven, like the the style of it, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, I did predict there would be a wedding because, like there's four guys and they're going to have three films and I think Bradley Cooper's character's already married and Mm. so you know you get the everyone else getting married in every other film kind of thing
1: I like the scene um, where Mr. Chow he's on the um, the parachute uh, hand gliding and he's singing yeah and he's singing around they could hear him and there's that guy paying the prostitute the money and they could vaguely hear they look around they could vaguely hear him i believe i could fly and then he just
0: ignores it goes back to paying the prostitute
1: that was great i was like wow that's so
0: vegas And you'll be happy to hear, Lloyd, that that was the director of the film. Oh, that was <laughs> that was Todd Phillips. Yeah,
1: he wasn't acting. He- the ca- The camera he just left accidentally rolling, and they went, "Oh, we need some B roll." Oh, I-, I think I've got something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he um he appears in all his films in a little cameo. He's the guy who um I don't know how well you remember Old School, but um at the beginning when Luke Wilson walks in on Juliette Lewis and she's having a bunch of people over, and it's like a He's the guy that opens the door and goes, um, I'm here for the gangbang.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just got a kind of jerry curl haircut and, yeah. I, I find it in this film, The Hangover 3, I find it really unbelievable as to how childish Alan is. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know he's supposed to be childish, but at 42 years old... Um, he's
1: extreme, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's... It's unreal. Like mm. uh, it's not really funny as much as it's sad. And if this was like the show intervention type show, um, I, I think it's called Intervention. Yeah. In the US, um, you could almost re-edit this film to be an intervention. Like, <laughs> and they have an intervention in the film, and you could see it being really serious. And yeah, <laughs> it is. It is really dark and not funny. And yeah. I think that's what was annoying about it. Mm. Um. He removes the tattoos too. The Mike Tyson tattoo that he had on his face.
1: <laughs> okay, so the I tattoo was the worst thing. Did you get yourself tested? Why? <laughs> you know, because of the needle that's in you. Because <laughs> the needle oh, the that ink. went in you. Yeah, the ink that's in you. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. Look, they they had a couple of lines where you thought, "Oh, that's pretty clever," like nodding to the other films but i don't know why my audience that i was in was just because you react with an audience when you see a a film Uh, but i don't know why the audience i was with they were really into the slapstick stuff you know when stuff would like the dog food and the the instrument crashing you know um it was dead quiet in the cinema when they were passing the lollipop back and forth in their mouths and you'd think that that would get a few laughs
1: yeah, got a couple uh like a couple of giggles, but yeah, didn't get much much laughs for me with my audience. I had a pretty packed cinema as well. It's funny, we're talking about audiences and your reaction. I came out of Dude Where's My Car thinking that's the funniest movie ever made because it had such a huge reaction that film. And I remember renting it on video. Do you guys remember VHS? Um and
0: playing <laughs> it. And it was so bad I was like, Wow, this movie's
1: terrible. <laughs>
0: It's amazing to watch things in retrospect. Hey, mm. I um when I went to the cinema and saw Arlington Road with um, Jeff Bridges, and I think it's Tim Robbins. Um, I thought it was amazing, and just like had the greatest ending and everything like that. And then watching it again, I was just like, oh, "This is this is a bit whatever." But <laughs> yeah, like you say, at the time, like an audience can really yeah can really change how it, good yeah. a film is. Um, yeah,
1: the film opens, I think well it, it opens with a prison scene but then it cuts to um, America with the wolf pack and I think it, Giraffe decapitation it, it cuts to that scene and it's playing Mbop by um, Hanson yep. could you tell yeah. them? I couldn't stop thinking about the story that you had when you went to America and what happened with Hanson
0: alright I'll, I'll tell it Lloyd <laughs> but it's not really relevant to the hangover um, me and some friends were invited to come and see a band in LA the band was called the Hansoms. And uh, as you may have gleaned, there is no such band that I'm aware of. And so when we got there, we were having a few drinks. We didn't really go and check out the band right away. And then we were like, oh, this song sounds familiar. And it was (laughs) um Umbop. And so we were like, oh, weird. The Hansoms are playing um Umbop And so we went and looked at the band. And of course, it was the three boys from Hanson. And it was then we realized that most of the people in the bar were women. And uh, most of them were very into (laughs) Hanson. (laughs) <laughs> and um, yeah, what can you do? Really, just have a drink and go. Well, I guess we accidentally went to see Hanson live.
1: Well, how did you get confused with Hanson and Hanson? Like, was it just a the time? guy?
0: The guy uh, who invited us to come check out the band had no idea <laughs> okay. who Hanson were <laughs> and who the band was going to be. So he said, "Oh, there's some band playing. It's called the Hanson." Did or he have a thick European accent?
1: God, he did not. No. <laughs> was it a small group? Like a really small. A uh, uh, bar, like uh, they were performing. The
0: venue was um was at least two stories. It could have been three stories, but um, they were playing on the ground floor, and we went up to the second floor, and we were looking down like balconies and stuff, and you could sort of see into the the venue where they were playing. So like at least two stories full of people, and what, what, and what afterwards, what was the vibe
1: you were getting like from? Were they hanging on to what what uh glory they had before, or was it
0: pretty solid? Um, uh, uh, look, it's, we're off topic a lot, but I'll, <laughs> I'll wrap it up with this. I think they've released several albums and they're oh, still okay. recording new music. And so they're like, they tour their new stuff. And then, of course, they always play umbop. Oh, okay.
1: So yeah.
0: I'm pretty sure that's what was going on. Right. But then um, what was weird was afterwards. Um, here we are in a foreign city and stuff, and we're in a bar. And you think, okay, well, that's all happened. That's done. Well and good. And then all the music that the DJ would play afterwards was similar to Hanson and Backstreet Boys and, like, the DJ was catering to who was already in the club. Sure. So um, it became a really weird retro (laughs) musical evening, I think. (laughs) We'll swing back to The Hangover (laughs) 3. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. (laughs) Look, um, after they get to Chow and Alan meets up with him, there's this really dumb bit of dialogue where chow sitting on the bench next to him in tijuana mexico and he basically says you know i can't trust anybody now and then like a second later he's like i gotta trust you yeah you know and it was like very implausible very flimsy if you had millions yeah like uh, very loosely keeping them involved in the story and just very unnecessary you know you could have much more neatly had them just go to vegas to see chow and from them driving from Tijuana, Mexico to Vegas and stuff is like so unnecessary. Really, mm. all the Tijuana stuff was now unnecessary. Um, but then, you know, they say, "Yeah, we really missed you. We missed you, Chow, and stuff." And then he hangs out with them mm. where they're doing the karaoke. I got to I gotta mention
1: this, and I tweeted to Trent Reznor about it. It's such a pity. And a lot of young, I had a lot of young people in in the um, audience that I had, and it's such a pity that that's their first experience of listening to "Hurt" by Trent Reznor, and it's bastardized mm. in this film um, by uh, Ken Jeong, and it's not really his fault; it's part of the character, but it's just such. He's, a, that's what he's doing on purpose. Yes, yeah. exactly. But it's just such a pity. I'm like, oh, because "Hurt" by Trent Reznor, which la- was later sung by. Uh, a rendition of it was sung by Johnny Cash. And it's one of the saddest yep. music video clips you'll ever see. It's so beautiful. Um, it's a very gorgeous song. And it's such a pity. It's ruined here, I feel. It's just terrible. I'm like, damn it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think, obviously, that's he was doing that on purpose yeah, and for laughs, yeah. you know, as the character. But um, it felt like this movie was just trying to lift, like, all the, all the um, soundtrack was popular songs mm. you know they kept sort of throwing in a popular song so you'd feel like you were having a good time mm. even if you weren't yeah. you know and um, there was that bit where Alan goes they you know for no particular reason he has a model house showing where the gold is going to be in this house. it's like I don't know why he bothered to mock up a house you know for oh, this demonstration yeah. just dumbing down to the viewers but then uh, he goes, you guys know what's going on right this isn't the house we're breaking into. Like we're breaking into the real one. This is just a model, right? Which feels exactly lifted from Zoolander, doesn't it? Mm, Yeah. You know how are we supposed to educate children if they can't even fit inside the
1: building? It needs to be at least three feet bigger,
0: (laughs) at least four times bigger than this. You know, it's like it was just that joke. You know. Exactly. Also, I'm not sure they had to wear the dog collars when they were moving through the house pretending to be dogs you know yeah. did they i i've no they? idea how the senses, senses work <laughs> it was a ridiculous like bunch of sensors, and like i feel like the dogs wouldn't be there or somebody would be looking after the dogs mm. you know when you leave and you know are not at your house do you just leave your animals there and hope that somebody will come and feed them
1: yeah and for a, such a wealthy guy for having no security where his gold mm. is stashed it's just so implausible like that guy seems really powerful you know um, he's supposed to be powerful isn't yeah. he I mean he's got his own private a, jet and bodyguard you know
0: not the greatest role for John Goodman no either I mean he's been doing good stuff you know Argo and as long as he's he stays got,
1: um, with the Cohen brothers <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's got Monuments Men which I mentioned on the other podcast coming up and um stuff like this is just a paycheck isn't it yeah. i mean yeah
1: um i am um, with ken john go. he's got such a specific like taste for the sense of humor he's so successful in community and i think they use him incredibly well but i've had people really negative reactions to his style um like mm. i know a few people that just want to watch um any of the movies that he's been in like namely a hangover you know but i do find him funny but he was just used too crudely in this film
0: and as well there's the scene where he's naked at the end yeah
1: they had to do that so, like to top the first one one. Oh, second one sorry
0: but it's like you said like a lot of people left and then partway through the credits that scene comes in it's it wasn't really a part of the movie it felt like something they shot when the movie wasn't funny enough mm. yeah look i think he's great in community Um, Please Community was picked up for another season yeah Um, it feels like this was one of his early films that he was like when he jumped out of the boot naked in the first one yeah Um, you know they were pretty much just kind of launching this interesting character and he's been able to to you know work off this success he, he wasn't an actor he was a doctor i think he's talked about it on talk shows and stuff that's right yeah you isn't
1: know. he a dentist like in real life or something like I, I know he's a doctor i don't in know Sonic. if a dentist. sure but that's yeah. pretty impressive like he's a really intelligent guy mm. and comedy is exactly. one of the hardest things to pull off like comedy uh, you know we've seen Robin Williams transition extremely well from comedy into serious acting and a few others I can't think of <laughs> but um, uh, you know it's a, uh, they're brilliant people you know what he's doing there isn't some something dumb you know it's, it takes a lot of effort to get that good
0: yeah and um you know obviously it takes confidence for him to take all his clothes off in, yeah. in a film but yeah. since jason siegel went nude in forgetting sarah marshall it's become a staple of comedy ma and r rated movies sure for you know somebody to be nude and in walk hard it's like very confronting nudity as well and these are all in the same sort of vein in the last sort of five seven years that's
1: a really good point yeah very but different I noticed- to cinema even before that like it's just i think it's we talked about this in the american pie reunion it's you know really come into play like how freely they talk about male masturbation and that, mm. that like opened up the gates like yeah and as you say forgetting sarah marshall really just solidified that
0: and jason siegel obviously wrote that so then like he knew he was going to be doing that the entire time um i was going to say that it feels like this film has less nudity for women and for a primarily male audience they didn't go into a strip club there was that very very annoying strobe lights scene, yeah. which had like flashes of naked women but i think that was probably about it wasn't it yes that's right and for if you're going for an r-rated comedy you know might like, as well put as success- much beautiful
1: women as
0: possible you
1: know <laughs> I, I think the fast and furious 6 trailer had more scantily scantily um uh portrayed women clad. yeah clad women in the trailer you know, um, Mm. just in the trailer for Hangover 3, you know, so yeah, as you say, Hangover 3 hardly had anything, you know, for an R-rated movie maybe, and for that particular audience maybe they should push that
0: yeah, and the other thing was, the way that they found an escort club card you know, uh, from the Cash for Gold actress Melissa McCarthy, um, they got a clue, like they're, they're following the kind of structure where they get clues obviously, and you know, try and um, find Chow. But she gives them an escort club card and then they go see Heather Graham and she's just able to call up and, you know, immediately know where he is. Yeah. It would have been much funnier if they'd gone to an escort club. You know, you could have included the nudity then. Yeah. Get, get rid of the Heather Graham stuff. You can have her the, her later in the film, they bump into her for yeah. some reason. Um, and then they go and they're at an escort place and you can kind of play off the fact that it seems like alan is a virgin mm. you know um up until he sort of sleeps with melissa mccarthy he um basically says he mounts her and it relaxes him so it sounds like at that point he's never had sex before yeah, and she- that could have been really funny if he goes to an escort service and they're trying to sleep with him and he's like oblivious because mm. he's constantly oblivious he thinks that mr chow is still his friend he thinks that you know um, what an awkward scene with the kid as well that was strange he was not an actor was he he was somebody's son I guess you know some producer's son exactly some best boy grip son who just sat in you know it was <laughs> he didn't know where to look and I know he's a child actor but you know it's the best they could do I guess
1: <laughs> it's like um, in Star Wars uh, episode 2 Attack of the Clones all the kids that are training to be Jedi's they're all uh, ki- uh, kids of the producers and stuff like that. All the people
0: just like, oh, you poor kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they got to be Jedis for the day. Yeah. And, you know, I get it. <laughs> Having him ask Alan if he's his real dad Yeah, that, and that's what I'm him, getting at, yeah. Yeah, it was just... didn't fit very well. Like, mm. it was very serious and I know he's got the most father issues. You know, obviously, his dad dying, Jeffrey Tambor dying at the beginning of the film um, and he sort of burst into tears when he asks Phil, Bradley Cooper's character, whether or not he's coming and he's like I love you man and stuff and he's like uh, you know he's <laughs> like clearly got a lot of issues
1: that scene um, where he's on top of Caesar's palace and he goes just jump man I'll catch you and he goes but don't yeah. leap off just just, just drop and he actually mm-hmm. leaps off and almost jumps off I remember people in the audience were like you know sort of squinting at that scene like um, you know going back in their chairs and I like it yeah. how after he saves him he goes I got you man oh you're my hero and he puts his hand on his face he goes what are you doing <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no i thought that scene was achieved really well i thought that was one of the better scenes of the film sure and it could have used more shenanigans like that <laughs> like know?
1: the photo he goes let me take a photo because did you yeah. get it no 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 go again <laughs> push out more yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. see <laughs> stuff like that was it was all in the trailer though this was one of those films where all the best jokes are in the trailer. i hate that i hate that and as long as it is, makes a good is, trailer and gets
1: bums on seats
0: Well, that's all they're going for. And Mm. they've ruined many, many elements. Like, the I Believe I Can Fly is in the trailer. Mm. That would have been really funny. Um, Did you find Stu's storyline? How he's like, I'm just a dentist. And then over the walkie-talkie or or the phone or whatever, he's like, no, you're you're a fucking doctor. Yeah, That seemed like a really forced, silly line. Yeah, it was
1: forced. But yeah, that's the exact wording I'd use. It's a very forced joke. And (laughs) if you're
0: driving a car through Vegas wouldn't you put your phone on speakerphone while you drive? Yep. You know, he's he's holding the phone and swerving, and I know it's so that he can drop it and it gets stuck underneath the mm. um, pedal. But honestly, in you know, in any kind of situation where you're driving erratically and on the phone, which is illegal in Australia, just so everybody listening knows... Um, you would have it on speakerphone or you'd have a hands-free. So, this was like...
1: What about when he hits the fire hydrant and all the water comes up and he's got all that time with Mr. Chow
0: talking to him? Mm. The cops would have been there in two seconds. Not even the cops. Like, there would have been onlookers who were mm. like, hey, man, are you all right? You just hit that guy with your car. You know, just feel like there was nothing. There was. It yeah. was like they were alone in Vegas, wasn't it? Yeah. I think... Um, it wasn't very climactic, the the ending, how they went and met up with the limo and um, had Chow in the trunk and, you know, you presume he's probably not dead and then he shoots John Goodman and decides not to shoot them, which you know is going to happen. It just feels like it wasn't a very big ending. Mm. The stuff with, um, you know, him jumping off the uh, the edge and the parachute and stuff that's way more epic and how they had that sort of shot where he flies over the fountains and you know there was a lot more sort of scale and mm. it was cinematic and more climactic I guess and this was just like oh hey we're gonna drive off
1: I like the line you know? um chow is madness you don't talk to madness that's pretty cool
0: okay yeah John Goodman delivers that didn't he yeah and he just shoots at the boot yep well, it was good that Alan realises Chow isn't good for him, but then he also realises he let his dad down, and that's the whole point of the mm. movie, is that he's supposed to grow up. Yeah. The other the other thing I thought about this movie, obviously Alan getting married is sort of a tack-on right at the end. Wouldn't you think, before he resigned from the wolf pack, that he would have a bachelor party? Yes. Prior to his yes, wedding? you're right. Like, that was a huge missing element, and yeah. he's yeah you just the four of them just walk towards the camera it shows some shots from the films and you're like oh yeah that's right they were in the other films yeah like i didn't realize that it this really announces three. it
1: as this is a trilogy it's
0: you know and this is it you know <laughs> yeah but then it's inconclusive as well because at the end you get a little bit of like the wedding cake was from chow alan has boobs the place is wrecked um, the monkey makes an appearance from the second film and it feels like it's not the end mm. so couldn't you have made it more like it felt like the end you know mm. I don't know I feel like this whole film could have been Alan's bachelor party mm. yep yeah.
1: completely agree
0: <clears throat> and it's really disappointing you know <laughs> I don't know more f- the the final scene was the funniest thing Yes. And it took five too to And it was in the credits,
1: and a lot of people would have walked out um, just before that came on.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, Hangover 3. So, like I said, happy with the first one, and that's my recommendation that you should probably just watch that. <laughs> Unfortunately, if you're listening to this, you've probably already seen 2 and 3, and... Um, You've probably been disappointed as well. Yeah. Were you saying something about Twitter Lloyd?
1: Oh yeah, on Twitter I was looking up um what what was the general consensus for this and I typed in hangover 3 and the moment I put hangover the second suge- uh, first suggestion was hangover 3, second suggestion was hangover 3 sucks. <laughs> so a lot of people obviously have been commenting <laughs> very negatively about this film. And sadly it'll probably make a bunch of money and you know. Oh yeah. It's like Transformers too. Like Transformers 2 general by general consensus is like one of the worst movies ever made. That made a huge amount of money, like a ridiculous amount. So, I don't know. Mm. But I I'm I'm really happy last year movies was fantastic with Skyfall and you know all the other movies and there were big budget like Avengers and so I'm I'm really positive about cinema, you know.
0: No, <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. We wouldn't be doing this podcast if we weren't interested in films and positive about cinema. Mm. Speaking of which, you can find more episodes of this podcast at www.podmeifyoucan.com. Also, there's a new link there which uh, will take you to our YouTube page, brand new for Podme If You Can. And uh, what we're doing there is we're calling it Podme If You Can TV. We're finding obscure DVD titles with your favourite stars, you know, famous people before they were famous, really. I mean, in these, you know, small roles and and, uh, there should be some videos up there now. If you want to check it out and give us some feedback, that'd be awesome. And, um, yeah, we're looking to try and get people subscribing on YouTube. So, um, yeah, Lloyd, anything you want to say about it? Yeah,
1: look out for more stuff. We're working hard to get them out there. It'll be cool.
0: Nice. Well, thanks for listening to Hangover 3, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. All the best.